Hello, I'm Taylor. I'm Ryan. And this is Unbetween. For this episode, we talked to Jay Newman, who is one of the hosts of the Catacomb podcast and also the manager of Sean Michelle, who is a fantastic blues slash gospel musician. And uh, we really enjoy and appreciate and benefit from what they do over at Catacomb very much about uh, their tagline is moving from cynicism to solutions and uh, occupying the middle ground between kind of warring factions and ideas, which is very much what we're about. And so we talked to Jay about all those kinds of things and music and dealing with all different kinds of people and what wisdom looks like and uh, and becoming more like Christ as you walk through life, all, all that kind of stuff. It was a really good conversation. So we hope you enjoy it. What are we talking about? What's happening here? I need a little background. What's that? What's okay, happening? we'll give you a little background. So Ryan and I have been friends since uh, since he was in high school, or at least we've known each other that long. And we, mm-hmm. we've played in bands together, and uh, I managed his band for a while, helped him with some booking. And then we're just we're kind of same age, same stage of life. Not that we agree on everything, but the Venn diagram overlaps pretty well. Yeah, he's, he's uh, wrong on some stuff. So Yeah, oh, t- yeah <laughs> totally. I mean, like two things. <laughs> right, so that's all. we <laughs> we uh, we'd been talking about doing a podcast for a long time. Not that the world needs more of them necessarily, but uh, we often find ourselves, I think, as 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 you have also, just really a, stuck in the nuance. You know, in, in that it seems like in public discourse, particularly online anymore. The thing is, you got to be in this tribe or that tribe, and you've got to define yourself by the vi- the values of whatever tribe you're in, and that's who you are. And if you don't toe the line on every issue that the tribe says, then, well, you're out or you're canceled or, you know, whatever it is. And that's just not a good way to be a human. It's just not, no matter what your kind of theological or philosophical persuasion is, and particularly for people of faith or followers of Jesus, the whole point is that you're supposed to show them what Christ is like, to show everybody around you what Christ is like. And if you, and you can't do that if you're defining yourself by your tribe rather than your Savior and what his leading is. So um, we want to have conversations both with each other and with other people who uh, really live in the tension between in the middle of, of all these things that are pulling us in different, in different ways, not unlike what it is that you guys do. So we wanted to talk to you uh, for a couple of reasons. One, because of the stuff that, that you and Josh do on the catacomb podcast, which is, is very explicitly about talking about the middle ground and cynicism and how to navigate the space between different things. But then also because uh, of your work with Sean Michelle over the years, because you've been in a lot of different places, a lot of different churches, a lot of different kinds of different contexts as a result of that, I know. And so we wanted, we wanted to hear some of your insight and in how you navigate your faith in all those different kinds of spaces, because I, I, we, we both having played music in a lot of different places, know that sometimes you get in there and it's like oh this is these people think some pretty specific things (laughs) or have a have some really unusual expectations so anyway um 
How did you, if I'll transition to the kind of questions part of it here, first of all, does that more or less answer what you were wanting to know? Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Shoot me some questions. Okay. Ryan, do you have anything to add before we get in in there? No, I I think you're right on. And I think um, I've listened to quite a bit of of the podcast and I've been intrigued and I'll listen to a lot more. But I I mean, a lot of kind of where it seems like y'all are at with even the church nowadays is a lot of where I've been. and um trying to kind of reason with and and are we doing what we should and i mean um i think that's a lot that people aren't willing to talk about and there's a lot to be said and i think uh, y'all touch on that and that's kind of what we want to do as well so yeah if i can book in that before i start asking questions we um a lot of the time when when you find yourself in tension as a person of faith there are kind of three options that people go to one is to entrench the other is to deconstruct, and the third is to disengage. And those are not viable options for people of faith, really. In that either you're going to build a wall around the church, you're going to tear it down, or you're going to kind of be there, but you're going to say, well, these people all suck. I don't want to talk to, <laughs> to any of them, and I'll just go do my own thing. And really, none of those are what God calls us to most of the time, I don't think. Anyway. So that's the background. So uh, how did you first get into, get hooked up with Sean and start working with him and managing him and kind of helping him make his way in the world, as it were? Oh, Lord. Well, that goes way back. Let me first say, just responding to some of what you said first, and then I'll answer that question. Um, yes, thank you for plugging Catacomb Podcast. Um we are trying to work. We are legitimately trying to work through our own cynicism, me and my pastor and friend, Josh Stump, um, that has built up, um, just being a part of church culture, being a part of political culture, being just being a part of this society. There's just a lot of things that can build up cynicism. And we try to work through it in a way that's faithful to becoming who Jesus wants us to be. And we debated on whether, uh, to make the, format like explicitly christian or not and at the end of the day we just decided that's who we are and that's the reason we wanted to work through our cynicism so we weren't going to shy away from that um so we embrace that fully um uh the tension i want to just address that really quick in case i don't get a chance to come back to it i just think that the truth is always in the tension mm. and th- that I learned this in college, really, like it was like, you know, light light bulb kind of moments in classrooms that the truth isn't sometimes in the tension. The truth is always in the tension. Hmm. The truth resides and it's almost like it's necessary to be in tension. So, you know, and, and when you go too hard to one side, it's not the real truth. Um, and, and one of the most explicit exa- examples of that for me, um, that, that makes it's the easiest to explain. Let me say that is, uh, that God is just and God is merciful. Those don't seem to be capable of both being true. Yeah. Because if God is just, then he punishes sinners. Mm-hmm. But if God is merciful, he forgives sinners. So which is it? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it's both. It's both. They're both true. The truth is in the tension of justice and mercy. It's not one or the other. It's the tension of both. And that is the truth. 
And that's where we find God is in the tension of the truth that he is just and he is merciful. He punishes sinners and he forgives sinners. Yeah. And where, however you wrestle through that, that's where you find the truth about who God is. I heard you know? one uh, theologian call it a severe mercy. Yeah, well, that's good. Who is that? Um, I honestly can't remember off the top of my head, but I thought uh, it was good. Yeah, I mean, that, but I mean, we think about that with all the uprisings right now where people are demanding justice. Yeah. You know, and the kind of justice people are demanding is not God's kind of justice because it's not merciful. Mm. Yeah. You know, and, and so as we wrestle through these kind of things and we try to find what the truth is, we want to pursue God and God is in the tension. God is in it. We won't find who he is and what he's about until we are very comfortable living in the tension. Um, so I'm all about that. It's very, it's very important. It, it's, it's um, for me, it's fundamental. Like you're never going to get where you need to be until you're cool with, living in the tension between two things that seem to contradict each themselves. So, yeah. Um, but okay. So let me talk about Sean. Um, uh, so yeah, I've been managing Sean for, um, I mean, God have mercy my whole life, basically. <laughs> it's um, been a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we are, are Sean and I are both 41 years old. Um, we met when we were 18, sure. um, at church camp. Uh, so, uh, it's, a it's a story we've told too many times, but, uh, uh, the short version, we, um, we're doing a church camp in Salem Springs, Arkansas, and, um, they have these little prayer gardens. And I've, been to that. I've been to that camp. Oh, it's wonderful. God lives there. I love that place. <laughs> but, um, you know, as hokey as it may be, I don't, you know, I, I met God there, so it'll always be special to me. But um, we, they have these prayer gardens up on the top of this like uh, kind of ridge or whatever. And, uh, you know, they made it clear that people can go up there to have their quiet times before the morning activities or whatever, right? And so me being like, I don't know, really like trying to pursue God, be faithful Christian and whatever, I don't know. I got up early and I went up to the prayer gardens and there was only one other person there and it was Sean Michelle and the two of us, I was like, I was, a, I was a little bummed because I thought I'd have the place to myself, you know? So I'm like, well, I can't really have a quiet time with this guy sitting here. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I was like, so what, what book of the Bible are you reading? You know, or whatever, you know, I don't know. It's something <laughs> awkward like that. So, Anyway, that's how we met. And, uh, um, he actually like did like a special song at the church camp that week or whatever. And we kind of were talking and we were both going to planning to go to Washita. I actually had not decided where I was going to college. And in a weird way, when he, he and a group of friends of his from his home church were like all going to Washita. And then I, like, that was for me, like, okay okay, there might be some cool folks going to Washita, you know? I just thought it was going to be all like nerdy, khaki-wearing future <laughs> preachers or whatever, but... Um, you weren't totally anyway, wrong, I, though, were you? <laughs> I was not totally wrong, especially <laughs> over time. 
Yeah. At, at the time it was pretty buttoned up like this. We, we started college in 97. So, um, I, it was really weird actually. Like when I, I got a tattoo when I was 18, my first one, my freshman year and like, it was like, Whoa, you know, this guy's got a tattoo and it was like really small as on my arm. Of course I got two full sleeves now, but, um, it, it, <laughs> I'm sure so many college students now have tattoos that it's not a big deal. But like at that time at a Bible college, it was like really kind of, it was taboo, but it was also edgy and like this, like, Oh, but he loves Jesus. You know, it's a Christian (laughs) tattoo. And so people were still trying to figure out how to navigate, how to deal with those things back then. But anyway, all that to say, we went to college together and we ended up doing different ministry things together. Um, we did some prison ministry together. I'd preach and he'd lead worship and that kind of stuff. And then we did some international mission trips together. We went to Africa together. We went to China together. Um, and then, uh, you know, you kind of come to this point, like, what are we going to do? We've graduated and Sean was like going to go teach or something. And, you know, I'm like, no, man, like, nobody sings like you, you got to do something with that. He's like, well, I don't know how to do that. And I was like, well, I don't either, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> you know? And yeah. then, so that was basically the start of me being Sean's manager. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we, we, we've kind of built um, a catalog and a career for him. Um, it's not doing great right now, but, um, this, uh, you know, the dead gum pandemic, you know, we, he, we did a, we did a, um, we were able to set up, a a live streaming show in Germany last week. Uh, he was, we had him booked at a festival in Germany and they, they had to cancel it, but mm. they decided to do a streaming version. So, um, we like recorded a set and sent it to them. So, you know, we're st- trying to stay active and whatever. And, we've had an album we've been sitting on for years now, um, that I think we're finally going to release. I just had conversation today about that with a, a little, little boutique label. And I don't know, I can't believe I'm still doing it after all this time, but you know, (laughs) you just, um, you just feel like unfinished work, you know, you just got to keep going. So that's basically how we got started. And the, the fact that we're still doing it, that we're still working together is, uh, evidence that God exists. <laughs> that you haven't killed each other yet. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of unheard of, honestly, to work yeah. this long together with the nominal amount of success that we've had, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Ryan and I have talked about the fact that, you know, uh, we're both, well, I know you're in your 30s now too, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Uh, You know, we're long past gigging every weekend. Like, that's Mm -hmm. just not a thing, even aside from the (laughs) pandemic. But when it gets in your blood, I don't think you ever get it out of it. No. Um, Like, it's always there. And uh, it's always going to find a place to root and grow in whatever small way. And so I can't help but write songs, even if nobody ever hears them. And I think when, you know, music for me was a big part of my identity as a believer in my formative years and and still is and is so much of a part of how I, I connect with God. And I don't see that ever changing. And I hope it doesn't ever 
And um, yeah, some, some, when something grabs you, sometimes it doesn't ever turn loose. Yeah, I, I, I think that that is certainly true for Sean. He, he will always be um, a songwriter. Um, and he's not a singer-songwriter, but he is a singer and he is a songwriter. Um, and he'll, he'll always just have, he's a performer fundamentally, mm. actually. He's a performer. So, I mean, I think that's just who he is, who God made him to be. He'll always have to do that. And I, and I still feel, um, a very strong pull to, to help facilitate that. So, um, it's different for me now. I've got a family and all of that. And so I've got to find ways to make money when that's not making money, which is like, you know, like right now. So, um, you know, you just do the best you can. I'm cooking barbecue now. That's how I'm making money. So, um, could be worse. I, I could, <laughs> yeah. You know, I could be working at a factory or something. So I've done that. Um, you don't, you don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want, I'm too old, man. I'm too old for that. I just, yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like it's, it's really inexplicable when I sit here and think about it, that we're doing it at this age after so long. Um, but because most of my peers, friends in Nashville that work in music have, you know, they're struggling too. Everybody I know is struggling, but they've had way more success. You know, they have like a base to draw on Mm. and I look at them and I'm like, what am I doing? Like we're we're in way over our head here. Why are we still doing this? We should have given up, (laughs) you know, but you just can't. It's like you said, it's like when it's, when it's, in your blood you're like no you just you got to go you just got to go because it's not about the results you know it's about this is who you are and this is what you do it ain't about the results you know yeah i I think um and ryan you can feel free to jump in on this but it's like i think it's more for me than it is for anybody else you know um I get not in kind of an immodest or egotistical way, but like I really get a kick out of listening to or interacting with stuff that I've helped make that God put in me. And I think that's as it should be. Um, even if nobody else ever hears it, I hear it and I get yeah. to, you know, I get to hear what God has fostered in me and that's cool. Yeah. I, I think for me, even it's, it's almost therapeutic at times to be able to really, man, there's so much that I try to just ignore throughout the week and, yeah, if I think about that too much, it's going to drive me crazy, and I'll put it out and put it out and put it out, and then and sometimes the only way to get it out is just to really relax and try and do something you love, and that's uh, more so now than ever. Like, that's what music's been for me. I mean. Yeah. Well, uh, Jay, I, I know that as, as, a, um, as a result of you going those places with Sean and helping facilitate a lot of that stuff, uh, I know you guys have gone down a lot of interesting roads. <laughs> so can you, can you talk about some of what it looks like when those places you go, when that tension comes up, because I know, cause I've seen it and I, I booked Sean a couple of times and I saw this happen that the expectations either on the part of the band or on the part of the people hosting it or the people put it together they don't match up and they are expecting one thing from you or they want you to do or say this, or you just, you get there and you realize these people are nuts <laughs> or, you know, whatever it is. Uh, 
how do you guys navigate those areas of tension when it's like, okay, well, we we still want to have a relationship with these people. We still want to work with them or or even we just got to get through tonight, (laughs) you know, but how do you, um, how, how do you guys kind of navigate that? Uh, yeah. So I, I think that we've, um, we've been blessed with, uh, such a diverse array of experiences that it, it helps us in, in scenarios and situations that might really kind of sidetrack other artists. Cause I mean, I've talked to a lot of people and we've seen, um, especially like, you know, explicitly Christian artists or those who are playing to a Christian crowd or a church crowd or whatever, like it, it gets pretty ugly when you're just catering to people's expectations and then what it does to that performer where they just no longer feel like they can be themselves. I mean, I just know so many Christian musicians that um, are just basically having to put on a mask, you know, um, they're not being who they really are. They're being who they're expected to be. And they know what that expectation is. And they're very good at, f- at filling that but it's not who they really are and it's not who they are in their private life. Um, and like, I mean, I mean, the list goes on and on and on and you can just, and people who have broken through that and set themselves free from that, you can recount those people too. I mean, I mean, you you think about like a Jennifer Knapp uh, or, uh, you know, um, or this, this guy, what was the band? Um, uh, Hawk Nelson, yeah, uh, their singer just said that he's not a Christian anymore or whatever. And, you know, it's because they're having to live this fraudulent lifestyle professionally that is incongruent with who they are personally. And, you know, it becomes a kind of a baby in the bathwater kind of situation. But, um, I, Sean and I, um, we have, uh, hiked through the Himalayas. We have uh, traversed through the Sahara. We have uh, been, you know, through Europe. We've been, we've been all over so many diverse and random places uh, playing music and trying to play gospel music to people and not just to entertain them, but in a way that, that we're trying to com- actually communicate the gospel of Jesus to them through this music. That when we go to some stuffy uptight church or some hyper charismatic church, it, it, it's it's not as big a deal for us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it's, yeah, it's like as like, bro, we 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 had we had some Sikhs in North India try to, you know, uh, you know, gang up on us. You know, we had hmm. some we had some communist <laughs> uh, uh, police in China try to chase us out. You know, I mean, we like, I'm not really worried about trying to be who you, you know, we're going to just be Man. consistent and we're going to, you know, so yeah, but we've had some weird, I mean, that is weird though, because like some of the weirdest experiences are in American churches and what their expectations are. Um, but, um, you know, we've always said that uh, we've had, almost no problem with playing the playing uh, proclaiming the gospel in the bars, but we've had a tremendous amount of problems playing rock and roll in the churches. <laughs> you yeah. Know? It's yeah. the same set. Absolutely. It's the same set, you know? Um, but 
uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's bizarre, but, um, and sometimes, you know, Sean leads worship sometimes, sometimes, you know, we'll agree to book him to, to do like a weekend event where well, we don't really anymore, but we used to do that kind of stuff. Um, and if I'm totally honest, because it paid well, you know, I mean, these people, but mm-hmm. these churches budget a tremendous amount to book their worship band, you know, We're like, well, why not us? You know, it's yeah. like, so, um, but then you get these people. I remember this one time, Sean was just powering through a set of a worship set, which is really, he's trying to connect with people and, and, you know, commune with them to say something to God collectively, you know, that's what he's trying to do. But like, like 90% of the people there had fallen into this kind of holy laughter thing. Uh, yeah. And you could, Sean was starting to get pissed because he's like, well, why am I even up here? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. what's the point of this. And so he started to say some snarky things and then, and, but then just kind of like, you know, powered through. And it's like, you know, whatever, whoever's going to be a part of what we're doing is who's going to be a part. If you want to go in the back and roll on the floor convulsing in laughter, then fine. I don't get it, but go for it, you know? And, and then, you know, we've been in these churches where, uh, they try to put these restrictions like or whatever, but, um, it's like, Hey, we are where we are. This is who you booked. We're not changing clothes. Sorry, we're not going to go cut our hair. Um, <laughs> I, I say that as I'm, I'm balding now, but at the time, you know, so I did have long dreadlocks at one Big point. Dread. You know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I had um, an idea for what your handle can be now. Oh, I, I'm I'm totally accepting. I, it's I, I cut my dreads like five years ago. I don't, I don't have an, I need a new online handle, yeah. but I think it should be podcast J. Podcast J. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> I you got that because you listen to our podcast That's and right. we we have a listener who uh Josh was enamored with the fact that he loves podcast J, but doesn't necessarily like real life J. So <laughs> um uh, you know, I'm like, well, he doesn't really know me, but okay, you know, yeah. whatever. Um yeah. So anyway, we've been in these scenarios where Sean comes in with this long beard and I've got these dreads and we walk in, you know, we, we've both got tattoos or whatever. And it's not about like trying to look a certain way. It's just mm-hmm. kind of the look is at why does anybody look how they look? I don't know. You know, you just identify with a certain style, I guess, you know, it says something about, you're trying to express something outwardly that you feel inwardly. I think that's what style is about, you know? Yeah. So, um, and you're trying to communicate something to the world visually with how you look about who you are. So I think when you're more upfront with that, you're being honest when you are just mimicking what the expectations are, then you're hiding who you truly are. We never were about doing that. Um, honest. I mean, a lot of the experiences we've had probably would have derailed a lot of other artists because I've had similar stories to other artists that have just been like, this is so terrible and traumatic. And I'm just like, well, it's a little bit different when people of other religions are actually trying to kill you. <laughs> it's some perspective. Yeah. You're right. I mean, so it's like, I don't know that we're not tripping over this. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, yeah. so, 
I, it's hard for me to explain like how we navigate that. It just doesn't bother us, you mm-hmm. know? And I mean, we're sad about it, but people are where they are. You can't change where they are. And hopefully our presence has helped them rethink. Like we're hoping that they're having to reconcile the fact that these guys are not only just sharing the gospel, but like pretty theologically rich presentation of the gospel. Yeah. And and musically like elite and uh, figure out how these things work together. And hopefully we're a part of uh, helping them rethink what they think it, it means to look like a Christian or sound like a Christian or, or whatever, because it's way broader than they think. And the, and, and, and again, these are, when you're playing to people like this, you're talking about people who have probably been insulated in their own culture for, you know, you know, they're living, a lot of these people are living in the same town they grew up in going to the church, the same church they were baptized in and are probably going to die in. And so, you know, they just haven't been around a lot. And so this is our chance to expand their horizons a little bit. So I, we see that also as a part of what we're trying, who we're trying to minister to and what we're trying to do is, but we're not aggressive with it. You know, we're not. There, there's a lot, uh, there's a lot of hay made over. And Ryan, I, I want you to jump in on this. Uh, there's a lot of hay made over process and there's a lot of hay made over kind of program and this is how you do it. And here's what you want to say. But there's, I found there's not much emphasis on being. And that if you can figure out how to be and get that sorted, then the how and the what and all that is going to flow out of it. And that I think it's you, you touched on something really important is you guys just show up and you do what you do and you are who you are. And, you know, not you're not jerks about it. Well, maybe you are. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, you know, we, we all <laughs> try not to be. Yeah. We're but not trying point. to be jerks, but yeah. But the, but the point of it is, is, and I think the kind of people that God is seeking to create and cultivate are those who keep in step with his spirit and who are holy as he is holy and who let the fruits of the spirit flow out of them in every aspect of their life, not just the quote spiritual ones. And if you can, you give somebody like that a task, whether it's you know, working in a factory or playing music or managing a band or making barbecue or uh, Ryan and I kind of both work in uh, in the marketing business kind of world. Uh, you people can't help but respond and kind of and notice that. I think Ryan, can you talk a little bit about what that looks like for you? Yeah, I mean, gosh, there's a lot of ways you could take that. I, I think. Um, for me, me, for me personally, there's a lot of, I think there's a lot to be said for, for being who you are and showing up as you are, but also being aware of others. And, um, I, I don't know, from a marketing standpoint, it's how can you get your, your message across without compromising who you are? And, and I think a lot of times, um, in the Christian world, we're willing to say, uh, we're, we're willing to bend to meet someone else too much, maybe. Uh, I mean, Jay, you mentioned the truth is in the tension. And when truth is so objective, kind of with, with what's going on in the world, and, and it can be whatever you want it to be, it makes it kind of tough to really talk with people. 
Um, you know, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of people who don't want to connect, don't want to be heard, don't want to relate, and, and so it makes it tough. But Well, listen, I, I just think that uh, it's not really even about being, it's about becoming. Mm. Um, and that no one can be other than what they are. Right. Yeah. But that we're all becoming something and that could be positive or negative, but none of us five years from now are going to be what we are right now, no matter what we just not going to be. And so we're all becoming something. And so the thing that interests me more is, you know, you talk about process that that's where process and being converge because it's 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 the process of being who you're going to be it's becoming and i i don't people have expectations that um in some ways are 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 they're based on lies or or they're just fraudulent really like i mean you talk about playing weird shows i mean one of the weirdest things that really sticks out in my mind was actually in Saline County, Arkansas, this little <laughs> church. Uh, I mean that, and it was in, in, in right in the middle of like Sean being like, you know, famous American idol, Arkansas guy. So it would have been like, you know, 10 years ago or so. And, um, you know, whatever we were trying to be cool with people wanting to milk that or whatever. And to, for their church programs, like we, a lot of artists wouldn't have done that, you know, but we wanted to be cool and be open to that. Right. So we played at this little country church out in Saline County and uh, like Ferndale or something. I don't know, out there, you know, Congo Road out there. Um, I can't even remember what church it was, but right before we were setting up, we saw this like little poster they had and they had it said it it had uh like a cartoon character of like, maybe like a teenager. And it said before Jesus. And then it said after Jesus and it had some things written or whatever, but the visual was really stuck out to me because before Jesus, he had piercings and long hair and baggy jeans. And, you know, and then after Jesus, he had a polo on and his shirt was tucked in. Yep. <laughs> and you know, I was like, your style completely changes. That, 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 that's what you think uh, sanctification does. Like, I mean, yeah. like that's, that's not. And so when I say it's about becoming, it's like, what is it that we're becoming? Are, are, you mentioned tribalism earlier. Are you becoming more entrenched in your tribe? Are you starting to look like them, sound like them, talk like them? You know, what, or are you becoming um, something more transcendent? Yeah. I think of, that, you know, uh, yeah, go ahead. I, I think of there's a lot of areas of Paul's letters that just do not yield easy cookie cutter answers for whatever tribe you may be in. Like this stuff about... Um, each one who holds this day holy or that one does so as to the Lord, and the one who doesn't also does so to the Lord. Well, that doesn't give me a rule to follow. Come on, man. <laughs> Make right. it easy it's for not, me. It's not black and white, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That, yeah. And, and, well, and I think 
like a lot of these spaces, um, like when we talk about appearance or, you know, what should Christians wear, what should Christians listen to and all this and that, is you would have people of whatever persuasion try and convince you that they've got it figured out and take the spirit of God totally out of the equation and get rid of all the tension so that we know at any point exactly what we're supposed to do. Well, if we could figure that out, we wouldn't need the Holy Spirit. We wouldn't need wisdom and revelation as he, as he calls himself. And, uh, you know, it'd be so much easier that way, wouldn't it? Wouldn't be this daggum mess. <laughs> wouldn't be messy. Yeah, but I mean, most of the time we don't want that either, you yeah. know? I mean, we'd rather just do what we want and be okay with it and justify it in our own ways than to really seek what, what God's asking us yeah, to do. Yeah, because nobody wants Ryan, to wear khakis, it. you know? Nobody wears khakis because they're comfy. <laughs> That's true. I don't know why people wear khakis. <laughs> Plus, they have Ryan, cargo pockets, and there's totally a purpose. Yeah. That's a great point, Ryan. I want to pick up on something you said. People are scared because they are scared. They're scared of what they might become. Yeah. They're scared of letting go of what they think they know is true, what they've been told, because there's a security in that, right? And yeah. it, it makes them feel more safe. But this, and, and so, you know, if you can reshape Jesus into a certain image that fits who you think you want to become, then that feels safe to you. If you can limit God to a set of doctrines, then that mm-hmm. feels safe to you. And you, you feel like you can get a handle on that. But, 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 the, but the one person of the Trinity that really throws a wrench in that is the Holy Spirit. You don't know which way it's going. And almost yeah. always it's, it's going to mess you up. As soon as you think, you know, the spirit wrecks you in a different way, you know, Wind blows and where it wants to. It, the, yes. Mm. It, that's what Nick and Jesus told Nicodemus. Right. And so if you're not willing to get blown by the wind, then you're not going to be moved by the spirit. You know, you're going, you're going to try to control God into this thing, but, but you're right. People are scared and rightfully so, because it is very scary because you don't know who you're going to become anymore. You thought you knew, you thought you knew Mm -hmm. what your life was going to look like. You thought it was like basically these things, but if you really let go and let the spirit take control of your life, you don't, you might become totally different. And that is a terrifying thought because you feel good and secure and safe in the knowledge of basically, you know, a few things and you feel secure in that. And I don't, I don't blame anyone for feeling afraid of that. That's not, it's normal, I think, to feel afraid of that. Yeah. A big but, part of our motivation for these kinds of conversations is, uh, you know, we don't, we don't want to demonize people because the reality is we all have what we think are really good reasons for whatever it is that we do. And we have to be graceful with each other because beating each other over the head with, here's what I think you should be doing, or you've got this so messed up. It's just not going to change anything. But if we love people where they are as Christ loved them and be willing to sit in the tension between who they are and who they're becoming, as you put it, Jay, Well, that's, I mean, that's bearing one another's burdens, as the scripture says, Mm -hmm. and that's bearing with one another in love. And that's ultimately, even though it's much more uncomfortable, at least in the short run, that's the kind of people that God is looking to form and and gather to himself, it seems. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing is that God's forming people. 
Like this, this, this is a thing that well, we are not right yet. And yet people get so entrenched in this kind of idea about, well, I think I'm right. Well, I hope everybody thinks that they're right. <laughs> Otherwise you're a crazy person. Yeah. Like, you, should, you should not make an argument that you don't think is right. You know, yeah. but you have to have a humility to understand that you might be wrong no matter what, but you should still like whatever you think, I hope you think it's right. Um, because well, hold on, why would you slay, but don't yeah. let go. Oh man, that's my life philosophy. <laughs> oh gosh. Have I can't sing anymore. We'll have to pay rights for it. <laughs> have, have, have we talked about this? This is seriously like, like this is my life philosophy to, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's about a relationship. It's about riding a motorcycle, but it's everything like to just don't completely let go, but, you know, hold it kind of loosely because it's like who you are, you can't keep, you can't keep it. In fact, we can't keep anything. We lose everything. Oh. We lose everything. <clears throat> And so we cling so tightly to something we can't really even keep. Right. But when you realize we never, we don't keep anything. What is it that remains? What remains? Is there anything? Is, is there nothing? If there's nothing, then we're nihilist. Right. Or is there something at the end of our days that we can keep? And I think the only thing that we keep is who we become. But we are not yet who we will become, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't stop becoming. Nor will we be this side, will we? Yeah, right. And so that's the kind of like kind of paradox of it is that you never stop becoming, but the only thing you keep is who you become. We and see through a glass darkly. Yeah, a little, little little Clive Staples there, you know, and and <laughs> and I that. But that's the whole thing is that. One, you got to see that about yourself, right? You got to see that, have the humility to realize what I think now, I might not think in five to 10 years from now. I might, but I might not, you know? I might have more information or I might grow in a certain way mm-hmm. or I might have new perspectives or experiences that reinform this. And so don't like get dogmatic about what you think now. On the other hand, when you're talking to someone else, realize that they're the same they are not always going to be who they are right now. So don't just yeah. talk to who they are, talk to who they are becoming. Mm. You know, I, I could see that based on what you said about the way that you and Sean handle yourselves in those moments of tension, that seeing people, not just for who they are and where they are, but who they could be definitely shapes the way that you react and respond when somebody's being ridiculous to your estimation or you know all the ways that people could be if you have that uh if you have that perspective that's going to totally i mean you're not you're going to be less likely to respond in anger or out of your own frustration or whatever else and you're more likely to see that person as god sees them that's good stuff podcast jay that's good stuff that's good (laughs) sometimes you know i mean yeah that that's the the whole point is to me why get wrapped up? Right? Why, why take it personal? Why? Like we're all, uh, this is like so cliche, but like we're all on a journey. Right. Um, yeah. but 
we we actually are (laughs) so you you know and and so it's it's like just give people the benefit of the doubt that's it that to me that's a movement that i would like to see catch on the benefit of the doubt movement we talk about um we talk about good faith a lot and that's something that is that is largely absent from public discourse right now is good faith in that um, both people's intent and then the way in which they communicate to other people. There's no expectation of a reasonable response. It's only about, here's my opinion, you must listen to it, and if you don't agree, to heck with you. Like, that's, you can't be a, a human and exist that way. Like, relationships don't work if that's the way that you do it there has to be that well, basis of good faith there. well these people probably aren't married i would guess <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs> well and i think you have to be okay with like saying hey even though this is what i see this person becoming it may not be who they are going to be ultimately yeah. like we all go through different stages and different things press us different ways depending on what we're going through yeah and like give people some credit for Maybe being in a situation that's really different, maybe more difficult in a way you can't imagine than your situation, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, but yeah, that's part of the thing is this the constant like like readjusting your expectations yeah. and really trying to give the benefit of the doubt and be like, okay, I know you said this thing to me, but let me stop and think why you might have said that and mm-hmm. what situation may have produced the, that. And maybe what you really meant was not to try to attack and hurt me, but was because you are experiencing something that maybe I could help serve and heal. If yeah. I yeah. not take it personal, man, you, you know? learned that a year well, in, you're doing well. <laughs> yeah, you're further than me. I, I remember like our first year, coming to this point where we were going to like grill out and she was going to make, she was like, let's make homemade ice cream. And I'm like, absolutely. And I messed up, man. Cause you know, her dad always made the homemade ice cream. My mom always, so there was like this big, just divide in what had always happened in our households. And so I got in big trouble for not making this ice cream that I didn't know I was supposed to do. And it's just funny to me, you know, there's constantly things that shape who you are, what you're becoming, what you're doing. And, and you see things that, yeah, of course, five years ago. I think think about five years ago. If any of it of us had been asked, like, where are you going to be in five years? We would not have said in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. You know, um, things are right. constantly shifting. Right. Right. And they think, should, you know. I think I saw, uh, I think it was, maybe it's Tim Keller. He talks a lot about marriage. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't yeah. him, it was someone like him who said that uh, marriage is keeping someone else's promise because who you are Mm. when you made that promise is not who you are today Mm. or who you will be later in your marriage, but you still keep that person's promise. That's good stuff. You know? So that, that's, I, I just, you talk, hold on loosely. I mean, there's man, I could go on forever about that concept because it's meant so much to me. Like the Lord used that song to me and some real things I had to let go of. Oh, that's secular music, Jay. The Lord doesn't use that. Well, he, he did <laughs> for me. And, you know, all, 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 it's all God's. Everything belongs to God. So, Preach. Um, yeah, absolutely. But 
you know, I, I had to let go of some things professionally that I had built and I had really worked hard at invested years in. And, um, well, it's, it's documented. I started a festival. It got undermined. It kind of got taken from me. Um, and I had to decide whether to fight that or just let it go. And the last year that I was at the festival before the board, we had the board came and told me they met without me and decided to kick me out, which I could have legally fought. But I remember driving away from that last festival and that song came on the radio and it hit me so hard in my spirit Mm. that I, I, I just knew I need to like be willing to let this go if I have to. And I didn't even know what was coming a month later when the board came to me, you know? And, mm-hmm. and so I was like, but like, I was ready. I was ready for that. Cause I began to hold on loosely to it, you know? And I was like, okay, well, this is not my thing anymore and I can move on, you know, instead of getting bitter and fighting and, you know, it would have created a huge mess. It really would have because, and all, I really have all the legal rights to it. But yeah. I just like that would have just created such a mess for everyone. And then I was just able to be like, that's yeah, fine. You know, my that's, time's done and I'll move on. Yeah. You know, what you're illustrating right now is, is something that I've appreciated about uh, the catacomb podcast that you do with uh, Josh Stump. And we can kind of start talking about that now. But um, one of the main things I appreciate about it, it's hard to quantify, but it is very pastoral and practical in the truest sense of the word. And I don't mean that in like the church or Christian industry sense, but I mean, really you guys are both older than me and Ryan by a few years and have had vastly different experiences to what I've had. And when I come across somebody who is able to put wisdom into words that's not pithy, that's not, uh, you know, here's your catchphrase or here's a truism or here's a, um, here's a spiritualism, but just practical, there's blood in this and sweat in this level. Uh, you know, I, I tend to latch onto those people because I find it helpful and it's helpful to me to have examples out there of other people living life under the sun and living in the tension and pursuing God despite all that and despite their cynicism even as you guys talk about quite a bit so i know there were a couple of iterations of catacomb but what was it um what was it that brought you and josh together and made you want to start having these kinds of conversations uh well okay so i've known josh since 1999 but we weren't necessarily close. Like we would just, I knew him like, I guess more professionally. Um, he ran kind of a small record label that, that failed. But, um, at the time he signed uh, a hardcore band of my, all those, all those dudes who played with Sean at Salem Springs, um, uh, and ended up forming a hardcore band, not with Sean, but with some of them and some other guys. And they got signed to Josh Dump's uh, little label. Um, and that's when I met Josh. Um, so he was working in the music industry and stuff. Um, but then, you know, that failed or whatever. And then he 
was doing some pastoring and ministry. I think he just decided to not do the music industry anymore and go into pastoring and their church ran a venue. And so Sean played at that church venue several times over the years. They ran a stage at uh, Cornerstone Fest. Sean played at that. And so, you know, I just knew him over the years. And um, when we were like trying to move our operation to Nashville, he kind of was like, uh, yeah, just why don't you guys be a part of our church and what we're doing here? So like that was, it felt right. And so um, when I started, when I moved to Nashville, I just have, I've always been a part of his church and we're friends, like old, like we work together kind of loosely, but we're friends. But then we just started spending a lot of time together because the Sean Michelle offices originally were right across the street from Smoker's Abbey. And um, so I would just be over there all the time. You didn't give the address like you normally do. It's 604 Gallatin <laughs> Avenue. There we go. I was going to say 605, but I didn't think that was right. It's 604 Gallatin Avenue. Yeah. Nashville, Tennessee. So anyway, um, so, you know, we just ended up spending a lot of time together and I don't know, I was going through maybe what you might call like a dark night kind of period or whatever. And he was who God used to kind of help me navigate that. And Mm. I, I was, I remember being on a, I was in his backyard um, doing a little fire pit hang time. And he's like, you ever thought about doing a podcast? I'm like, no, man. And uh, (laughs) he was like, I I think uh, this is what I want to do. I want to start a podcast with you and me. And I think he's like, I don't need to do this, but I'm going to do it because I think you need to do it. And I was like, eh, whatever. So yeah, we, we started it up. We only did like, I don't even know if we made it to 10 episodes, but it was really wild because we got a lot of feedback, like right off the bat. And we realized, wow, we're not doing this very well. And our production quality wasn't good and all this. So we thought, okay, we're going to reboot it. And then, you know, as things happen, we just kind of, didn't do that we stopped because we planned to make it better but then we never got around to making it better and then there was a listener who was a friend of mine who said i really love those episodes what do we got to do to make this happen and i was like well part of it is equipment if we had some better equipment you know we would do this thing and he just this dude sent us three like incredible microphones and like they're uh, they're sm7s they're like really good mics <laughs> you know and he sent us three of them is that what you got right there you yeah. using the sm7 yeah. there you go so you know i mean that's like almost a thousand bucks right yeah. so um we're like well dang this guy's like invested in us we have to do it so that was like a that was like a you know a kick in the pants and we we're just like all right let's go let's start doing it and um yeah, we started rolling. We just started doing it and we don't have any kind of time schedule. We don't do it. Like we average about two episodes per month, you know? Um, and I guess the, on the, since we restarted, we've, we, 
it's been working on three. We're on season three right now. So um, we just basically, when a year's done, we start a new season. So um, we're on season three, I think about episode 60. So I guess that is roughly 25 episodes per season. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we just basically pulled our network together and try to talk to people about their cynicism, but genuinely we, Josh and I both were trying to work through cynicism that we've had through the music industry, Christian music industry, and just the music industry in general and the church and the church industry. And we were legitimately trying to work through this stuff and try to figure out what the right way was. Um, and then interviewing people who some people we thought might have some answers. Some people just also had similar struggles, you know, and a lot of our network was Christian, you know, Christian musicians or speakers or authors. And so that's mostly who we interview, but we've actually gotten a lot more positive feedback on the episodes that Josh and I just do together. So we've kind of started doing more of those. We still do interviews, but we've done more and more of just he and I kind of just hashing things out. Um, yeah. But honestly, it's, it's like we, we do do it because we think, I mean, there are people who benefit from it. We have, um, we do a Patreon. We've got about a dozen supporters. It's not, it's not huge or anything, but just the fact that people give money to us on a monthly basis to do it at all, is just really like kind of humbling and motivating, you know? So, um, mm -hmm. and that people feel like they're being blessed by it kind of keeps you doing it. Um, uh, really funny that you mentioned that because jo literally like minutes before I jumped on this, um, uh, Josh texted me. He's like, you're going to upload that new episode. I've been sitting on a, we've had an episode in the can for like over a week, maybe like two weeks. And like, I was out of sight, out of mind. We recorded it like, and then I was like, oh yeah, I need to upload that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and you know, so that, that's kind of how we roll with it. You know what I mean? It's like, it's super informal and all this, but we keep saying we're going to become professional at it at some point, but I don't know. I don't, I don't even know what to make of it because really we're working through our, our, our own mess. And it seems like a lot of people are really resonating with it. So, well, I think I, I can say for me that one of the reasons why I appreciate it is it's really easy to find knowledge or information out there. Wisdom is harder to come by. And I don't mean to blow smoke. <laughs> See, that's ironic because you're smoking a that's cigar. That's a joke. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's it's good. Uh, but it's just, it really is helpful to, to hear people work through things who are not trying to hide behind stuff, who are not trying to say the right things or toe their, their tribe's lines or what, you know, whatever it is, but are just like, well, what does the scripture say? What does my experience teach me? What is the spirit telling me? And, um, that is just helpful. It's helpful to have. I think a lot of people don't have that, uh, don't have that, a shelf for that, really, which is very unfortunate because that's kind of what this, the church is supposed to be about. Anyway, it, it's, it's just, um, you know, there's some people that are just uh, like people like uh, Tim Mackey or Mike Heiser, if uh, Bible Project and Naked Bible, respectively. Like if I want scholarly, insight uh like i know that's where where i can go 
And that's what they focus on. It's not that they're not ever pastoral. And it's not that you guys are not ever scholarly, because obviously both of you have spent a lot of time studying. But it's just, um, I just find it so helpful to have that practical perspective to hand. It, it sharpens me. Ryan, you want to throw your hat in on that? Yeah, no, I, I think, I don't know. I mean, I, one of the things, y'all's tagline is, is that, you know, um, cynicism to solution. And I think I've been there for a long time where I was in, in a place where I didn't feel like I was getting fed um, by the church I was a part of. I didn't feel like I was uh, being cared for and able to care for people in a way where biblically I should. And, and uh, now I am in a place due to changing a lot of what was going on drastically and kind of flipping some things and going elsewhere. But I, I think it's important to, um, to really have community, to plug in with people, to be able to be honest with what's going on in your life. Um, so, I mean, I, as we've kind of alluded to in our conversations, none of us really have everything figured out. You know, as right as I want to think I am, there's a whole lot that I'm wrong about. Um, even more so than what my wife points out. So like, I've, I've got to be willing to listen to people and, and, and receive correction and give that when, when necessary. Um, even when it's hard, even when it's you know, going to maybe make an enemy of me to someone. Yeah, well, I, listen, I appreciate that. Um, like we, again, are just kind of working through our own mess. And it's, it's been really humbling to, to hear how other people have been able to resonate with with that and uh, work through their stuff too and um I, it really is like we're all in this together honestly like a, a lot of we're more the same than we are different i think you know mm-hmm. and uh i think just being able to be honest and, and we josh and i probably both take it for granted because in, in some ways we've kind of checked out of that kind of rigid church culture uh, stuff long enough now that we're because we're just not going to do that. We're not going to put on any facades. We're not going to put on any faces. It's like if it's not real and if it's not transforming, then I just don't have time for it. You know. Yeah. Um. So, you know, and that, and that, that's kind of the vibe of our church, and it's 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 difficult. We have a very small church, and you, you know, you have things you got to do and it gets frustrating because you're trying to like, well, what are we doing here and what's it going to look like? But, um, our little community is everything you just described. That is our little community, you know, Mm -hmm. um, there, there, there is no pretense. There is no putting on. Um, it's like you're forced to be real when you walk through the door because that's all there is. Like, it's just raw, man. So, um, And then, and then that's the other part of like, we're, we're entering into a new season of catacomb podcast. Um, our church is borderland mission and, uh, our, the borderland has built a podcast studio in a church building. Um, so we're going to start doing the catacomb in that studio and we've got some other podcasts. So borderland is creating a podcast network. And so we're looking forward to a new season of being able to have a lot of these types of conversations in different ways. Um, Podcast Jay's empire. Well, I'm only on the catacomb, but (laughs) we we have a, I actually, I want to start a sports podcast, but 
Um, that, that, I, might, I might actually do that, but <laughs> that would be fun. I just, nobody at our church likes sports. It's, it's the weirdest thing, man. I don't know where I live here, but, <laughs> uh, but we, uh, our associate pastor has a podcast. That podcast will be recorded in, in the studio, but we built this thing out and it's like, man, honestly, like we've seen the response and, and that a lot of people are connecting with what we're doing. It's like, you know, maybe we don't have a lot of people in our physical gathering at our church on Sunday morning, but we're reaching people in a lot of different ways. So the, the podcast is like one of the big ways we're reaching people. So, um, thank you. That means a lot that it actually is working, but in the end, I don't even know if that was necessarily our intent. It was just to really kind of, it was more like personal growth. <laughs> it's it's like, like the music you know? thing we were talking about when it's, uh, when it's in your blood, it comes out somewhere, it bubbles up somewhere, if you will. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think the point, and this, this really loops back into the whole point of the conversation is if you, um, if God puts it in you, if, uh, if the spirit is at work and you're trying to figure it out, like that's going to come out everywhere that you are in all kinds of different ways and um you know that's i think that was the whole point of it yeah and that's frightening it's frightening to be vulnerable it's frightening to have to to uh really contemplate who you really are you know um apart from your your culture or your or your upbringing or but but who you really are at your core it's it's frightening because you you have to strip away a lot of you're naked you're spiritually naked and it it, it's it's frightening to do that and yet that is absolutely necessary to become who you should be Mm -hmm. um and it is a necessary step and so we all have to go through that and some people never that requires no, go ahead. Uh, it's just, it's, it's rare is all I was going to say. It's real yeah. because, you know, it's, it's so much, it's much safer to just stay with what's familiar and, and to keep your old walls up and your safeguards and everything. But you never, you never become anything. The only way to show people that that's necessary is by doing it yourself. Yeah. You know, that's really the only way. So, and that's whether that means writing a song or doing a podcast or going to work right. in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that I think it shows in what you guys are doing, and that's why we wanted to talk to you to kind of figure out or to hear what that looks like for you, and hopefully that will be an encouragement to somebody else who's trying to figure out the exact same thing. Hmm. yeah well that that would that would be great that would be that i hope that you know i I just it's still mind-blowing but that's liberating it's liberating to say i don't have the answers but i can't just accept what's been fed to me either you know um I, i i have to discover this for myself through laying myself bare and being vulnerable about my own shortcomings and failures and faults and uh, my wounds really, you know, and finding those so that they can heal 
and so that I can grow and so that I can become, it is becoming what we are. You know, it's not becoming something different. It's becoming what we actually are by stripping these things that are not who we are and being able to figure out the difference. And our great hope is that we have, as the scripture says, we have a high priest who knows what that's like. And yeah. who, uh, the one who, true human. Yes. Yeah. The firstborn, as he's called in Colossians, not uh, the first one to be raised from the dead of many. And that we look with hope as we sit in the tension of the process. Now we look with hope to the day in which, you know, all, all that is waiting to be renewed will be, and that things will be as they were intended. Uh, something I appreciated to learn was that you've heard the word shalom before, and then it gets translated into English as peace, which it is, but it's peace that comes from everything being as it should be or everything in its place. And that the more we can step into that now, the better. And the more that God's rule and God's reign and God's, God's kingdom is made manifest here in us. And that is a, that is a, that's a great story. That's a great story to be a part of. Yeah. It's the only story. There we go. (laughs) There we go. Well, shoot boys, we, we've talked a long time. Uh, I'm sure we could talk the rest of the night, but we're going to, we're going to have to go to bed at some point, especially those of us with small children, which are all three of us. Jay, thank you so very much for sharing a little bit of your time and your your wounds, as you put it with us. Uh, I, uh, enjoy listening to you and Josh talk, but it's better to talk to you mm-hmm. in in person, online, whatever that is. So thank you very much. Hey, man, I'm I'm really glad you reached out. It's been a good convo. Appreciate you guys. All right, that is our conversation with Jay Newman, which was wonderful and long, <laughs> and funny and insightful, and all all the things that we hoped it would be. Well, thank you guys for listening. We have an email set up now. It's unbetweenpodcast at gmail.com. If you have questions or thoughts or suggestions for topics or guests or anything like that, we'd be happy to hear from you. We are not on social media right now, or the show isn't, because we want this to be something that people share with each other directly. If you appreciate something you hear on the show or if it's useful or helpful to you, please share it with somebody else that you think would benefit from it, because that's the way this thing will grow. Thanks for listening.